Grace Church would like to invite you to listen to a sermon by our pastor, Todd Nyberg. We are located at 4137 Todd's Road, two miles outside of Manowar Boulevard. Sunday services are at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Bible study is at 9.45 a.m. Wednesday services are at 7 p.m. Nursery is provided for all services. For more information, visit our website at toddsroadgracechurch.com. Now here's our pastor, Todd Nyberg. I want to read a verse of scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Paul says, inspired by the Spirit of God, for the preaching of the cross. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. The preaching of the cross. Now when Paul is speaking of the cross, the primary reference is not the piece of wood, the stake, or the wooden cross that the Lord was nailed to. You know, if we had the cross with us today, there's a song called The Old Rugged Cross. I'll cherish the old rugged cross. I cherish the Christ of the cross, not the old rugged cross. If we had a cross here today, the literal cross that the Lord was crucified on, we'd worship it. We'd make money from it. There's all kinds of things we would do with it. And it is not the wooden cross that saves. Now, perhaps you're familiar with that passage in Numbers where the children of Israel had murmured at the Lord. And they said, we're tired of this manna. Our soul loatheth this light bread. We want something else. And the Lord sent fiery serpents into the camp of Israel, and they bit much people, and many people died from this. And the people that were still alive went to Moses and said, we've sinned against the Lord, pray for us that the Lord will do something for us and have mercy on us. And Moses went into the Lord and said, they're wanting mercy, and he said, take a brazen serpent, make a serpent in the likeness of of the serpents that were biting the people and put it up on a pole and go out through the camp and anyone who looks at that serpent will be healed of the snake bite. And Moses did that. And everyone that looked at that serpent of brass lived. And the Lord tells us in John chapter 3, that that's to picture himself as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now that serpent was made in the wilderness 
the desert journey, 700 years later, under the reign of King Hezekiah, they found that serpent of brass. It had been hidden and now they found it. And the children of Israel began to worship that brazen serpent. And Hezekiah had it ground to powder and said it's nothing more than a worthless piece of brass. Now, if we had the cross with us today, the best thing we could do is burn it and get rid of it because people would worship that piece of wood. It's the one who hung on that wood who is to be worshiped. Any, let me read a passage of scripture to you from Exodus chapter 20 in the Ten Commandments. We read, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that's in the earth beneath or that's in the water under the earth. No likeness of anything is to be used in the worship of God. It's fleshly. It's fleshly. It's idolatry. In the church I pastor, we don't have a cross hanging up anywhere because people will worship that cross. And that is idolatry. The use of a cross is idolatrous. When Paul is talking about the preaching of the cross, he's not talking about that wooden cross, but he's talking about that one who hung upon that cross and what he accomplished, why he was there, what he did who he did it for, the preaching of the cross. And that word preaching is the Greek word logos, the word, the word of the cross. And this word is so vast. This is the same word used with regard to the Lord Jesus being called in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Logos, the divine logic. Not human logic, but divine logic. Let me give you some translations in the scripture of this word Logos. It is the account of the cross. The cross has something to say. The cause of the cross the communication of the cross, the doctrine of the cross, the fame of the cross, the intent of the cross, the mouth of the cross. And here in our text, the preaching of the cross, the question of the cross, the reason of the cross, the saying of the cross, the speech of the cross, the talk of the cross, the tidings of the cross, the treatise of the cross, the utterance of the cross, the word of the cross, the work of the cross. All of that, all of that is included when Paul speaks of the preaching of the cross. Now listen to this statement very carefully. The cross 
is the whole counsel of God. Let me repeat that statement. The cross is the whole counsel of God. If I preach the whole counsel of God, this is my message. The cross, the preaching of the cross. Now, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ is God's eternal purpose. Listen to this scripture from Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. Christ is called the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. The Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Before the creation, before the moon and the sun and the stars, when all there was was God in the trinity of His sacred persons, even then Christ was the Lamb, literally having been slain from the foundation of the world. The cross is why God created the world. That's His purpose in creation. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. God didn't provide the cross in response to Adam's fall. Adam's fall was for the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is God's eternal purpose, which He purposed in Himself, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the cross is the complete manifestation of the character of God. I want to repeat that again. I want you to think about it. The cross is the complete manifestation of the character of God. Every attribute of God is fully displayed in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, God's a God of purpose. We read of the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And His eternal purpose is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world in eternity future, when time is no more. What will be the song of heaven? Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. The cross is God's eternal purpose. God displays His wisdom in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. God has made a way. God can do this. You and I can't do it, but God can do this. God has made a way to be absolutely, inflexibly just and justify someone who is in themselves sinful and evil and unjust. Now, if a human judge justified a criminal, we'd want to get rid of it. He's not being a good judge. But God can actually justify somebody that is unjust to where they really are just. And that is done through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ took my sin and He put it away on Calvary's tree. And His perfect righteousness is given to me so God made a way for Himself to be absolutely just in 
in answer to his character and yet justify somebody like me. We see the justice of God. God's going to punish all sin. Now you can just count on that. There's never been one sin ever committed in all the history of the universe that God will not punish. He either punished it in his son, the substitute, or he'll punish it in you. God is absolutely just and holy. Yet what love God manifests. God so loved the world that he gave his son. Now think of the love of God that he would give his son to die on a cross. Do you think there was anything easy about that? For God to kill his son? Oh, the love that's in Christ Jesus our Lord, the sovereignty of God displayed on the cross. You know, on that day, there were three crosses. One in the middle, where a man was dying for sin. The cross on his left hand was a man dying in his sin. And he would spend eternity in hell upon death. And on the third cross, there's a man dying unto sin on the right hand of the Lord. You see, Christ bore his sin and Christ could say to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. Oh, the sovereignty of God is seen in saving the one and passing by the other as an act of his irreprehensible justice. And somebody says, why didn't he save them both? Well, he didn't. I don't know what else to say. Whatever God does is right. Whatever God does is good. And I'm not going to apologize for God. Everything he does is glorious. Every attribute of God, his power in putting away sin, he makes my sin not to be. Every attribute of God is displayed in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, only the cross gives us a look at the true character of man. The cross is God's self-revelation. It's him showing us who he is. And only the cross tells us who we really are. Think about this. The cross says that you and I are so evil, so inherently, intrinsically, completely evil, that if God took his hand of restraint off of us, we would and did murder his son. Now somebody says, I didn't do that. Yeah, but you would have. You would have. God looks at the heart. Somebody says, no, I wouldn't have. Well, you may uh, not have crucified the, the false Christ you believe in, but when people are confronted with the true Christ, the living Christ, as he's revealed in the scripture, what do they want to do? They want him out of business. They want to kill him. Now that's how bad you and I are. Don't look within your heart or look at your deeds even to see how bad you are. This is how bad you and I are, and I'm including myself first. If God took his hand off of me, I would murder his son. The cross gives us the truth regarding salvation. I'm saved for this one reason, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. God took my sin and Christ bore it in his own body on the tree and put it away. And when he said, it is finished, my salvation was 
accomplished. The cross is how God saves sinners for the glory of his name. It's not salvation not by works. It's not by your doing. It's by his doing, the doing and the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we're saved by works. If we're saved, his works. You see, God gave Christ the people and he didn't offer those people salvation. He didn't invite them to be saved. He saved them. He saved them. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved. It's the power of God. That's what I need, a salvation. I need to be saved from myself. I need to be saved from my sins. Listen to this scripture in Matthew 1.21. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. You see, I can't save myself from my sins. I can't make them go away. But Christ Jesus saved me from the penalty of sin by bearing it for me. He saved me from the power of sin by giving me a new nature that can believe, that can repent. Before he gave me this new nature, I couldn't believe, I couldn't repent, I couldn't love. I'll be saved from the very presence of sin in glory. Now, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Do you expect me to believe that I need to be saved in the first place? Yes, I do. Do you expect me to believe that uh, I have to be saved by the way of the cross? Yes, I do. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. You mean that you expect me to believe I'm saved by somebody else's righteousness? Yes, I do. You see, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. There's no doubt about that. But unto them which are saved, the preaching of the cross is the power of God. Now, what is meant by that? The preaching of the cross is the power of God. Now, God's omnipotent. That means he has the power to do whatever he's pleased to do. His omnipotence was seen in creation when he willed the world, the universe, the cosmos into existence. God is absolutely sovereign and all-powerful. His power is demonstrated in providence. Do you know that everything that happens in time, he's in control of, and he is the first cause of. Now, somebody is thinking, you're saying he's the cause of the bad things? Yes, he is. He said, I form the light, I create darkness, I make peace, I create evil, I, the Lord, do all these things. Isaiah 45, 7. Now, he never sins. He's incapable of sin. He's holy. He's just. But this glorious God can take all the things of providence, and it's all going to be glorious in the end. He brings good out of evil. And the great example of that is the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. The most evil thing to take place was the murder of the Son of God. And the most glorious thing to take place was the death of Christ on the cross. What he accomplished by that. What power is manifested in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the cross is so powerful that it was everything in salvation in eternity past. Before there was time, my only hope 
was that Jesus Christ stood as my surety, as my representative dying for me on the cross. You know, that means my sins were nailed to him on the cross before time began. This is God's eternal purpose. Now, how the power of God is displayed in the incarnation of Christ. He came from heaven in order to die on the cross. God became flesh. The word was made flesh. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. And in the flesh, that blows my mind. I hope I say that reverently. Colossians 2, 9 says, In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, in a human body. What power that took for God to be manifest in the flesh. And in the flesh, he did what no one else has done. He pleased God perfectly. He kept the law perfectly. He never sinned in thought, in word, in deed, in motive. The perfect man, the Lord Jesus Christ. What power. Now, think of how easily you sin. He was unable to sin. That's the power he had, the Lord Jesus Christ. What, what power there is in his life when he completely honored God. And what power there is in his death. This one who is life. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He died. The God-man died. Somebody says, how could that be? I don't know, but he did. He died on that cross. And I love when Moses and Elijah are speaking to the Lord on the Mount of Transfiguration before his death. You know what they were talking about? They spake of the decease which he should accomplish. Now, when I die, it's not an accomplishment. I don't accomplish anything by my death. I just show that I'm a sinner. That's what death says with regard to every man. <clears throat> They're sinners. The reason for death is sin. In the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, he accomplished something. Let me give you two things he accomplished. Number one, he fully glorified and exalted his father. The death of the Lord Jesus Christ is the most godlike thing God ever did. And in him dying, he manifested every attribute of God. And in his death, he completely saved everybody he died for. What power! <clears throat> what omnipotence there is in his death. Now, here's what he did. In his death, he made me to be what I'm not. And he made me not to be what I am. He made me to be what I'm not. In and of myself, I'm not holy. I'm not righteous. I'm not pure. I'm a sinner. I'm a wicked man. Everything I've ever done, I've never kept one commandment one time. 
and neither of you, if you think you have, you don't understand the holy law of God. I'm a sinner. And he made me to be, by his death, holy and unblameable and unreprovable in the very sight of God. He made me to be what I'm not. And he made me to not be what I am. My sin was completely put away. And I'm made to be the very righteousness of God in him. <clears throat> the songwriter says, "'Tis mystery all, the immortal dies. Who can explain, explore his strange design? In vain the firstborn seraph cries to sound the depth of love divine. Tis mercy all, let earth adore. Let angel minds require no more. The power of God is seen in his resurrection. You can't think of the cross without thinking of the risen Christ. Yes, he died, but three days later, <clears throat> he was raised from the dead. And it was the power of God that raised him from the dead. Only the power of God can give life to the dead. And you know what he accomplished in his resurrection? He was delivered for our offenses and he was raised again for our justification. When he was raised from the dead, every one of God's elect were justified. They stand before God as having never sinned because of his resurrection. And what power there is in the preaching of the cross. This is the message that begets divine life. The message of the cross. This is this is why Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. This is the only message to preach, the message of the cross. And it's through this preaching that God blesses it to beget life of his own will begat us through the word of truth, the word of the cross. And finally, there's such power in this message of the cross that it does what the law can never do. It makes a man love God. If any of my salvation is dependent upon me, contingent upon me doing something, all I'm going to do is resent God. And I'm going to secretly grumble in my mind that he's too hard on me. But when I see what Christ accomplished on the cross, I love God and I freely serve him, not out of hope for reward, not out of hope that things will be better for me, but because I love him. The law can never produce that. Only the gospel produces a love for God and a zeal for his glory. Paul put it this way. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, he said this, God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The preaching of the cross, that's the only message. To them the perish, it's foolishness. They see no beauty, they see no glory in it. But unto us which are saved, 
The preaching of the cross is the power of God unto salvation. Now we have this message. If you look it up on the internet, you can get it at our website or we'll send you a copy. This is Todd Niper praying that God will be pleased to make himself known to you. Amen. To receive a copy of the sermon you have just heard, send your request to todd.nybert at gmail.com or you may write or call the church at the information provided on the screen. 